to Picture the Scene podcast, hosted by me, Andrew. And me, Rachel. Now, we are a true crime podcast, so listener caution is always advised. If you'd like to become a supporter of ours, you can do so for less than the price of a cup of tea or coffee. The link to our Patreon can be found in our show notes, along with the links to all of our social media accounts. And we actually have a Patreon episode out already, and... Rachel is working on one for November at the moment. Do you want to give us a clue as to what it might be, Rachel, or do you want to leave it a mystery? Yeah, um, I mean, I always love um, kind of waiting until the, the 11th hour, if you like, once I'm actually starting to pen the script, just in case I change my mind. But um, the, the, the case that I'm looking into at the minute, a lot of my cases recently have been overseas, uh, but this one's a little closer to home. So that's all I will hint at. And I guess that hint gives me like scope enough in case I do want to change my mind. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's always nice to to write about somewhere you're familiar with and you can really like get yourself like immersed in, you know, the local press. Whereas sometimes when you're doing like um, one based in another country, it can be tricky, like making out what a tabloid version of the story is versus like a broad if that makes sense and you know making sure that you're not sensationalizing um or getting wrapped up in the sensationalizing of that case however um, on the flip side i feel our justice system makes more sense to me yes. than you know in in other countries um personally so yeah anyway and talking of other countries how did you enjoy the experience being on true crime bnb oh it was amazing i'm obsessed i absolutely loved it Love that we got to meet the cats as well. How lucky. So I feel like, yeah, it was brilliant. I feel like we've been really lucky to record with the other pods in October. Um, but you've set the bar high now, Andrew. So, uh, you know, I, I'm expecting that we're going to be invited on or inviting others on to our show um, soon. Hopefully. Uh, so watch this space, people. Maybe we have some more lined up. So, as much as it was great having Adam on the show, I did miss you on the last one. Did, you have, did you have a good holiday? I did, thank you. And as much as I really enjoyed listening to the show um, whilst I was away, I did think Adam did possibly too good a job. So I was a bit worried for my uh, for my seat um, being welcomed back. But here I am. It's hard for Adam to juggle two pods and visits to Rochdale. So I think you're pretty safe. <laughs> And how are you doing generally? What's new in your life? Yeah, all good here. Um, went to Spain. Um, that was lovely. Um, had lots of family celebrations. Feel like it's been going off lately. Uh, it's my birthday this month. It's November when we're recording. And Andrew will be well aware it's my birthday because there's a lot going on the week of my birthday. And I keep on saying to him, oh, it's my birthday then. <laughs> so, yeah, um, so, yeah I... It's not a big birthday, guys, but I do like to, uh, you know, I'm I'm a big birthday celebrator. Yeah, so uh, I'm excited. You know, something interesting, and I only found out recently, probably everyone knows, in Korea, in South Korea, when you're born, you're one, and then your your next birthday is two and three. <laughs> so, um... Wow. So, wow, well, like, someone could be born on the same day as you, in the same year, they call themselves a year old i guess it makes no difference you know, to biology and stuff but it makes all the sense though because when people turn a certain age like say i was turning 35 yeah um or i just turned 35 people would reference the year ahead as my 36th year so like that 
you know, I mean, it depends what kind of friends you have and, and whether, like, how they wish you a happy birthday or whatever. But that happens a lot. Like, and I'm not, I'm not 30, I'm not turning 35, by the way. Um, I'm older. But, um, but yeah, that happens a lot. And uh, so it makes sense. Career have just gone straight in. Yep. One. Newborn one. Like, life on the shoulders. Happy days. Exactly. And um, this is probably thinking why they're talking about this. This is not true <laughs> crime. So let me ask you this question, Rachel. Are you ready for some true crime? I am, Andrew. Let's go. Okay, so I did tell the listeners out there, I did tell Rachel I was covering a certain topic for this episode, but I had to change it at the last minute. And as you all may or may not be aware, where possible to get full details of the information, even if we don't directly use or quote when, re- when researching, we reach out to organisations or people connected to whatever the subject is that we do. We don't just Google. Um, we'll leave that for grand junkie. But I, um, ouch, ouch. So yeah, I, I don't want to give away the topic of the next episode yet. But I had to put it on hold for two weeks because at the last minute, a charity I reached out to that I thought I wouldn't get a response from did actually reach back out to me yesterday. And I really do think they're going to add so much value to the quality of the content. So I'm just working with them on some data and information, and hopefully, you all will appreciate the extra info in the next episode. So I'm going to leave it at that little bit of a mystery. Good call. Good call. I'm looking forward to it already. So you have no idea what I'm talking about now, Rachel. So I'm not sure if that's going to be a good or a bad thing. (laughs) Bring it on. So let's set the scene. If it's safe for you all to do so, I'd like you to relax. Close your eyes and picture the scene. Today I want to take you back to the 6th of June, 1980, and to West London, to Kensington Garden Square, to be exact. Now, Kensington Garden Square is in... W2 in London, and it sits between Notting Hill and Paddington, and it's a short walk away from Kensington Palace. On the 6th of June, it was a Friday, and being a Friday in a busy city, one thing could be taken for granted, that is that the bars, pubs and clubs, they'd be busy. Now on this day, a man man called Anthony Bird was due to start his shift in the railway tap pub, but he didn't show. Now this wasn't the first shift that he had missed, he had missed a couple of shifts, and the last time anyone had seen him would be on the 3rd of June, three days earlier, late at night, in the Queensway area of West London. For the first two shifts his empo- he missed, his employees were annoyed, but they were not overly worried, because they knew he wouldn't miss a Friday shift, as it would be needed to make sure the rest of the staff didn't get swamped when it was busy, because it was a Friday night in London, in the west of London. So they knew something was wrong. So he seems like... For that fact alone, he seems like, even though he's obviously dodging work on the odd occasion, he seems like a nice guy. Like the fact that he wouldn't just let his colleagues like slander and. Yeah, reports were that he was quite a nice guy. Well. And what year was this? Sorry, Andrew. Nineteen eighty. Oh wow! Okay. So forty-two years ago, so Anthony Bird or Tony, as he liked to be known. He was a 42-year-old male at the time, and he lived by himself in a one-bedroom flat in in the Kensington Garden Square area of London. Mm. Now, he was originally from New Zealand, and he'd been in the UK for a few years, and he generally just enjoyed his life. But when he he couldn't be contacted on that Friday evening, his employers called the police, adamant that he couldn't be found. And they were worried about his safety, right? They, They wanted to know what happened to him. So two officers were called out to his flat, and armed with a sledgehammer, they broke they broke down the door of his home. So upon entering his home, they initially thought he had been burgled, 
with the flat his flat having been ransacked as if someone had been looking for valuables. Now when they entered the bedroom though, the police officers knew they were dealing with more than just a simple burglary. Oh god. Yeah, for what they say what they saw was Tony lying dead on his bed. So they knew immediately that it was a crime scene because Tony was on the bed, he was naked, lying on his side, his knees were tucked up and his legs were crossed. There was some black electrical cord bound tightly around his left wrist and his left ankle. And while there oh, was wow. no, while no cord was there, marks consistent with a cord could also be found around his right wrist also. So all over his body there were numerous marks and apparent bruising. Again, consistent with him having received a beating. Alongside his body on the bed, there were also two planks of wood that could have been a murder weapon or weapons. And to top it all off, he had also been strangled. Oh my God, this just sounds like a, a game of Cluedo-like. Yes, what, so was the, what was the um, weapon? Who was the culprit? And what was the MO? Yes. So, exactly. So detectives were called... Straight away, and the scene was cordoned off. So no real evidence could be found by the police, other than some fingerprints on the wood and the body, but they couldn't identify the fingerprints. They had no record of it them in their systems. And it was probably, like, with it being 1980 as well, probably quite early doors for collecting that kind of... Yeah, DNA wasn't really... I don't know when DNA started, but it wasn't really a main thing then, was it? Would it still have been... Like the cards in the in the stations that they had to check like manually. Would you reckon by then, like they would have upgraded to digital print? When was it the Yorkshire Ripper? Actually, I can answer this question. It was sometime in the nineties that they moved from taking your fingerprint with ink and and paper. I don't know when if they digitized it or not, and then they moved it to do it on a computer. Oh wow! So, oh yeah, with like the scanners. Yes. Um, and I've never been arrested, just to caveat that. But you know, when you go through certain um, countries, customs will take your thumb and fingerprints yes. instead of your um, picture, because obviously you can alter your face um, to fit the person matching the passport, but you can't alter your thumb or fingerprint. Unless it's a Nicolas Cage film, but no, you can't. Yeah. So, where was that? so yeah, they didn't have much any really evidence because they had a couple of fingerprints but they couldn't match them with anything so why do you think he was killed Rachel because he had no known enemies he wasn't involved in any type of crime and he was genuinely well liked so why would someone kill him in such a brutal way I mean I don't know why my mind's going here all of a sudden but some I, I, I'm thinking some sort of sex game gone wrong sexual act or you know potentially like he was raped, maybe. But I, I feel if there's nothing, like in the, on the dark side, like drugs and crime, that uh, that that would be the route I would be thinking of. Well, it's sad for me to say this. There was no one really interested in this death, and so it didn't gain many headlines. So there were there was no clues to be gained by the police easily. So the only two bits of information actually in the press. They saddened me somewhat, Rachel, because two days later, on the 8th, there was a Sunday, in the Sunday Mirror, there was a short couple of hundred word article stuck on page 38, and it was actually stuck in between a kid's puzzle and an agony ankle. Oh, my god! So it, it shows you a little importance. 
And not only that... Imagine how his family felt. Yeah, not only that, it's not only because there was so little of it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm struggling what to say here because yeah, I'm still thinking about it. But mm. not only because there was so little in the article, that's not what was shocking. It was actually really shocking to read it back. The headline read, Hunt for Gay Tony's Killer. And I think that sets wow. a, I think that sets the scene of how bad it was. Like, yeah, like the fact that he's gay means like, oh, he was primed for you know, prime meat for someone to to murder. And it's it's almost accusing him. It's like when you hear of, um, you know, woman walking alone at night, you know, murdered. It, no, it the fact that she was walking alone should not be part of that headline. The fact that she was murdered. Full stop. Yeah, like that detail about his his sexual preferences, absolutely irrelevant to the fact that someone has murdered him. Like, oh, it. You can tell, right? I've changed uh, my tone. Like, I, it just angers me. And I complete. I agree completely. I'm just going to read you the first line of the article, so you can see again what really the community at that time had to deal with. It reads. The strangler of gay, and the word gay was actually in brackets. Oh, my God. Barman Tony Bird was being hunted by detectives last night. So, again, if the headline didn't set the scene, set the tone... They made sure that... That that, that, that first line did, yeah. Yeah, just to reiterate. Yeah, so the article went on to state that the police believed it was one of many men who visited him for sex that could have killed him. They went on to describe that he had an ear pierce... And he visited Turkish baths. Like it matters. Like yeah. it matters. Exactly. So it's it's just feeding to the stereotypes because and, Yeah. Sorry, just to add and now I'm gonna rant on I but like it was the George Michael era, right? The eighties. What what bit, bit, like, bit before him, but yeah. Was it? No, the eighties were, but this was nineteen eighty. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay, but I was kinda yeah. launching into the whole like what what man in in that age bracket didn't you know? Like my brother had both of his ears pierced when he went to uni. It was his first kind of act out of like the home where it was like, oh, my dad's going to hate this. I'm going to pierce my ears. Um, you know, so that really doesn't matter. And Turkish baths, come on, like when in Rome, do you know people go and visit? It's you a, know, it's a stereotypes, isn't it? Because. The stereotype, he was gay, so he had to be sleeping with lots of people. Mm. He was gay, so he had to have his ear pierced. Yeah, and so bad. Because he was gay, he visited the Turkish baths. To have yeah, because that's obviously you know, yeah, the place it's... where people go. It's just frustrating for me. And, like, something more should be done in the press, because I think even now this happens. They're making subconscious accusations of you know people's lifestyles when it comes to crime and punishment and it's not right i agree but it wasn't even sub. it wasn't like i, I yeah this isn't subconscious so, I'm, I'm going to read you because it was a short article it was only a short quote but it was a, a very short quote one line uh with two short sentences from a detective john bates who said this he was homosexual it was possible whoever killed him stole from him but he was not well off so that 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 basically says, with discounting robbery, he was killed. It it it, it almost says to me, saying to me, he was killed because he was gay, and maybe it was probably his own fault anyway. Oh my god! And I get it, right? 
there's a moment in time, isn't there, where men were targeting women because of their work in the sex industry and men have been known to target other men because of their sexuality um or even target other people men or women because of that that criminal's own conscious thoughts or sexuality like i get that so yep it it might have been um something that was he might have been chosen because of his sexuality, but that should not be plastered all over the papers. That whoever's killed him has committed a crime, regardless of the fact that um, you know he he was gay. And yeah, I don't know whether I've made um, it, whether that point has been understood there, but uh, you know the detective's probably speaking in terms of he may have had to be quite um, quite quiet about his personal life you know and not necessarily able to go out in bars and date i don't know for a fact but um the papers are probably sensationalizing it like well yeah but don't forget that, that was a direct quote from the police officer i think i think there was also some more homophobic comments in the article both quotes and just generally but unsurprisingly rachel that article didn't attract any help for the police no it and the day after the, in the daily mirror the the crime had just been shortened to one line. Wow. So it and it just said that the police were hunting the killer of homosexual Anthony Bird. That was literally it. So and I couldn't find anything else from that era that spoke about his murder. And it is shocking. So really. so what triggered you to write about this case? Or is that a question that we talk about at the end? That's a question I want to talk about later because it'll, okay. give, it'll give away where I'm going. But of course. this case actually reminded me of when we covered Michael Lupo, if you remember, back in episode yeah. 10. And the homophobia shown towards <laughs> the victims then, both for living and the dead. It was roughly the same time, time frame. But yeah, it's just... And so I guess, Rachel, if I told you that nothing much else happened to help catch the killer of Tony, would it surprise you? Not now, no. I think, like, not that I agree with that, but I think it's awful, but, like, no, it wouldn't surprise me, unfortunately. Well, that's almost true, because for what seemed like a cold case, suddenly sprung to life again. And But it would take 41 years for this case to spring oh, to life again. Yes. So I feel like I need to set the scene again here. So, like, last year, right? Yes, last year, wow. yes. Okay. So let me set the scene. It's Wednesday, the 5th of May, 2021. Just last year, as you said, and we're now in Hammersmith, which is still in West London. It's not that far away from where Tony Bird lived and was killed. But now, like I say, we're 41 years later and it's 9.38 exactly in the morning. And it was a nice morning, 12 degrees Celsius. The sun was out. It was almost a cloud-free sky. And for most people, you know, that helps relieve a little bit of your stress, doesn't it? It gives you that extra little bit of optimism. Yeah. So for a man called John Paul, who was 62 years old, you could probably say that he had the world in his shoulders, quite literally, because right. something something was playing on his mind. Right. At 9.38 that morning on May the 5th last year, he was stood outside of Hammersmith, Hammersmith Police Station. Oh, wow. And he entered and spoke to the desk clerk on duty at the time. Now, he told the clerk that he wanted to report a crime. When he was asked what crime, he simply replied, murder. He told the clerk that he had killed a man in around 1980, 
but he could not explain why. As you probably can expect, he was taken into a room to speak to the police officer. And this is what he had to say to the, say to the police officer at the time. This is his words. He approached me and just spoke to me and just talked to me into having sex with him. He took me back to his place. I tied him with a cord. So he's, think... he's putting the blame on... Immediately, he's putting the blame on Tony. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, it's okay. I think the cord was black. I'm not sure. I tied him with a cord, his ankles, his hands, his arms, on the bed naked. There was a piece of wood. I used that piece of wood to batter him. So with, with this information, the police held him, obviously. You're not going to just let a guy walk out when they've just said no. this to you. But the race was on to try and determine if he had actually killed anyone. They could only hold him for 24 hours. Yeah. And they had to charge him. So they had to find out if he had actually killed anyone and who. Because he didn't give him any more information. So it wasn't easy for the police because he's talking about in 1980 here. Yeah, so, and that guy, the guy that he's mentioned that he's killed, I take it he doesn't even quote his name because no, he's so aloof that. about the whole situation. I don't think he ever knew his name. And did he say anything in his statement about, you know, I, I didn't want sex, he convinced me to, and then I kind of like decided well, to turn on him? He does go into more detail. I'll, I'll give it. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll say it later on. So by okay. um, by 11.34 a.m. that same morning, the unsolved murder of Tony had been flagged, along with a couple of other murders, as being worthy of having a look to see if that was actually the one that he was talking about. Yeah. By 3.35 p.m., John Paul was arrested on the suspicion of murder of Tony Bird, Anthony Bird. That's some amazing like work that they've done in that short period of time to go through the archives and definitely yeah and in in the trial, John Paul actually pled not guilty. Oh my God! To both murder and a lesser charge of manslaughter. So what the hell? Normally, like sometimes you hear not guilty to murder, but they plead to manslaughter. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but no, he pled not guilty to both. So how did he justify walking into a police station saying I'd like to report a murder? We will get to that. So during Sorry. The tri- so, so, okay, I know <laughs> it's frustrating. I won't I'm wired now. Then. So during the trial, it came out that Tony was last seen by some friend late in the night on the 3rd. Yeah. So three days before his body was found. And he actually told him that he, is, he had his eye on a black lad. Now, that was their words, not mine. I'm not. Mm. Uh, and he quickly left them to go after him. And it was said in the trial that Tony was known for picking up men often to have sex with them. But, so so his own friends were saying that he was a little bit of a, like, a little bit of a, you know, he set his sights on someone yes. and he just went for them regardless of, of consequence, that he would just approach them and behave quite, like, um, bold, really, right? Yeah, but again, if it was a woman that he was after, it wouldn't be an issue. I mean, obviously it would be an issue, but it wouldn't be like... People go, he's just, being a, he's just being a man. Yeah, and, and I was very careful with my word choice there because I agree, um, you're right, it often happens, but it's still a bold approach. Oh, yeah, like, right. If, if, if somebody's giving you eyes, they're inviting you to approach them, but it sounds to me like his friends are saying he clocked someone and he just went after them, whether yes. that is male or female. That is quite a bold approach, I feel, although I wasn't, you know, able to drink and socialise 
1980, so I don't know whether that was the done thing, but certainly, I, I, I you don't know. Think, I don't think so. You've still got an amount of confidence to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It also came out that years later, John Paul had told a doctor that a man had propositioned him for sex while he was out and about trying to steal something, mm. so he went back to his flat with him. No, he didn't actually say anything else other than that, so it could be potentially this is a Anthony was Tony who he was talking about so he was off trying to just rob and he went back to his flat with him we don't know what reason for it it also came out though that the fingerprints taken back in 1980 at the crime scene yeah did, did match those of John Paul so this aside the main case of the prosecution argued that it wasn't did John Paul kill him it was did he intend to kill him so was cause, it murder or manslaughter? Yeah, or causing serious harm. Yeah. There's the prosecution is saying, like, bang to rights, he definitely killed him. Because we've got his confession and yeah. we've got his fingerprints and description of the scene as well. So the defence's argument was that John Paul's confession was unreliable due to a lessened mental state at the time and that even if he was responsible, which they say he wasn't, he never d intended to do Tony Bird serious harm. Mm. So, so you can see the two sides of the argument there. So the jury deliberated for half a day in this matter. It was actually the 10th of October this year that, um, that the verdict actually came out. So only a few weeks ago. Before they finally kept coming back to find John Paul guilty of murder, not Good. manslaughter. And I feel like the only silver lining to the fact that this trial was happening 41 years or 42 years after the crime was committed is that the jury would not have been biased yes um in in this case um and and had any like like homophobia uh, or homophobic opinions um that might have you know been somewhat different in the 80s when um you know when the crime was committed i don't know how you think about that but um but yeah. i think that's the only silver lining that it took 42 years is that this guy has been found guilty and you know will yeah. rot although such a shame that he was given 42 more years to live his life yeah although actually i just i get it was the 24th of october not the 10th that he was found guilty on but yeah okay. so so as this case is still really recent it was literally what a week and a half two weeks ago that he was found guilty. We don't actually have a sentence yet because reports are still being made and the judge hasn't sentenced him yet because, like I said, it was only a few weeks ago. Yeah. I just wanted to bring this case because it's one that had interest in me, asking how did I get this. It's mm -hmm. one that I kept an eye on, actually, and I was going to wait until the sentence. I'd kept an eye on beforehand. I assumed, and I probably shouldn't assume this, but we all assume things sometimes. When I was reading about the case as the trial went on, I thought he's definitely guilty here. There's no way they can find him not guilty. But um, obviously, and then when the sentence came, I thought I'll wait and put it on hold until the so when the guilt verdict sorry, when the verdict came. Yes, that's why I thought I'll put it on hold and wait for the sentence. But then when, like I said, when the planned episode got delayed, I thought this is really appealing to me. I kept going back and checking it. So I thought if I keep doing this, if I'm interested, other people will be too. Yeah, and we can always just um, update the actual sentence when it happens in a few weeks' yeah. time. 
Hi everyone, it's Andy here. It's Monday the 7th of November and I just want to give you a little update. We recorded this episode on Friday last week. It seems on Friday after we recorded, the sentence was given down. John Paul was sentenced to 19 years. He was given life in prison with a minimum term of 19 years to serve. And some more information came out. So Rachel's not here, but I thought he'd want to hear. He, it seems that since... Paul committed a crime, John Paul, he had actually developed paranoid schizophrenia and he told a nurse that he could not live with the guilt anymore. In a victim impact statement that was read on behalf of the Bird family by Gillian Bird, who was Tony's sister-in-law, they actually said that they, they couldn't feel any hatred towards him because they had some sympathy because of his current circumstances. So that, that that's nice to see that they can little bit forgive him and the justice the judge mrs justice shima grub said that she thought that this was done for gain basically to rob him and also they've now released a video of him confessing in the police station so i'll pop that up on our social medias as well for you to see absolutely and i'd love to um know what he gets um and just interestingly, obviously, uh, did you were you able to find out anything else about this John Paul missing any other crimes in the forty-two well, he, years that he was a free man? Not really. Um, he was, by his own admission, a thief. <laughs> um, he. Not really anything else, to be fair, because no. uh, the, normally these things come out as well easier to find after sentencing. Yeah. Like, people come forward with reports and stories, don't they, after the courts closed the case? And... Well, and also don't forget, there's certain things you can't report on during a trial. Yeah, exactly. And so the papers and whatnot usually wait until the sentencing and then, then they go into the history as well. But, but he, he... he was definitely a thief. Uh, from what I could find out, he wasn't gay. Um, he, yeah, no, he was, what, 20, 21 at the time? Mm. Um so yeah, I, I don't know. Obviously, the motive will we ever know? And would you would you say that Tony got more like column inches during trial, and kind of did the papers do him justice? Uh, well, BBC picked it up. The usuals like the Guardian and the Times and that what picked it up. So, see, so, yeah, I wouldn't say he got lots of coverage, but at least he got some coverage. Yeah, uh, but but it. It was all quite matter of fact. Again, I guess it's because it's during the trial. Mm. But yeah, it got a little bit more. Um, what did strike me, though, about this whole case is two things. Firstly, it's that age-old question, Rachel. If someone commits murder or serious crime, does it play in their minds? And I think quite obviously in this case, it did. Because if he wouldn't have gone into the police station... Let's not beat around the bush here. He would never have been... People would never know he committed this crime, that he made it. They would never have found out, because even though they took fingerprints and he would have been arrested since, those finger... Well, it answers your question, actually, doesn't it? His yeah. fingerprints wouldn't have been on file digitally, because they would have been cross-referenced. So um, I just realised that. I just literally just realised that. Uh, so, yeah, he... Uh, it's... I wonder, though... Sorry, I, I wonder though, and we hear it a lot on other pods we listen to, when it eats criminals away, when they do get away with a murder, when their doorbell rings or when yeah. they see a police car coming towards them or 
they hear on the news, you know, breaking news, crime being reinvestigated. Um, I wonder whether, like, A, his conscience got the better of him and he just couldn't deal with the anxiety and the worry anymore. And, um, and yeah, just had to forfeit because there's so many more, like, advancements in um dna in these databases he did he wouldn't have known what they had on him you know blood like anything like that um or on the flip side whether he um thought like you know i'm 62 years of age not had a great quality of life i'll see myself out living on the state in prison (laughs) you know the last 40 years of my life it could be that what makes me think though his defense was arguing diminished mental state so to me that means he obviously had mental health problems mm, now where they, where, where they is that what caused him to kill or where they exaggerate uh, exacerbated by the fact that he killed someone and that's what started triggering his mental health problems we'll never know but yeah. it, it, it could have been it could have been that and, but the second thing that got me about this case is that it's just how little people cared back then about crimes against gay people and how blatant the home homophobic thoughts and comments were in a general public medium now don't get me wrong here you still you also um it was also you also see racist and sexist comments from around that time not just that time a lot later as well yeah so it wasn't just homophobic comments it was generally bigoted comments about most people yeah and even from not that long ago and you still even see them in some places, unfortunately. So, in, in for that's really interesting, people actually. I have an old Twitter account, Rachel, that mm. I don't, um, I've not used it in years. I think I've got like one follower or something. I logged into it by accident a few months ago because it's I've got more than one email address and I, I put the wrong email address. I was trying to remember how to log into Twitter. I put the wrong <laughs> email address in and I use the same password for everything. I know that's not good. So, it's not the case. Get it first. And it logs into this, and at some point I must have been looked at the wrong sort of profile or something, because even though I followed, followed maybe like 10 people, and some of them were like the electric company and McDonald's and stuff like that, but it still shows you feeds on your, stuff on your feed from algorithm, and they were yeah. all pure hatred and racist comments. There were, oh my there, there were There were accounts out there talking about immigration, killing people, making fun and video and it's, and i couldn't believe it i was like wow i like, wonder whether they thought your profile was a ghost profile because uh, that's what happens people set up like multiple profiles they're like they're not an individual they're being these personas and they they throw out hate messages don't they and they throw out reactions on people's newsfeed um and they behave like real life people who are disgusted by somebody's photo or somebody's comments whatever and then they in turn spark a debate from their own and they love it when people get angry at them because it it then sparks more focus on them but they they run like multiple accounts and they spam multiple accounts as well so i wonder whether they saw the fact that you had one follower and they thought you were one of these people or one of these accounts that was set up to you know um spread that kind of bad negativity it shows it's still there so what also made me think about this you say what interests me maybe this helps people out there thinking how does it pick the things that you do these are the sort of things that i think about 
it, it made me think like in 40 years time what will we look like as a, a section of humanity when what the wasteful we, yeah ones. You know, what, what we do right now what do we do right now that is just wrong that we don't oh, that we don't burn through the realize? planet yeah well i mean yes i guess so but oh you're right like though like unconscious bias right yeah, and what, what, um yeah what do we do right now that in people our kids or grandkids outraged, are gonna be yeah. cr- cringing about so oh, yeah. i can't believe my grand like grandpa andy used to say these things about these yeah things. like you know what you know i i it will be it it will be yeah crazy stuff i won't say anything i don't want to cause any upset either way but uh yeah there are some crazy things out there and there are there, there are things that we will look back on and you're absolutely right complete cringe what do you think about this case then Rach? i'm really happy that it had an ending and that it wasn't unsolved because i feel like that's where it was going i knew i thought you um yeah so i obviously got really annoyed in the middle of the case um because i see it all too often it doesn't matter that it was 40 years ago it's not right never will be right that victims are blamed for the situations that they are in um and yeah so i'm grateful that you brought the case to us and i'm i will look forward to you reporting a sentencing um yes you know and maybe adding some comments from the family once he's been sentenced because i think that will always closes off a case with a little bit of um you know good spirit because often these families have, have got such poignant messages to share for their loved ones that are no longer here exactly yeah and yeah i look forward to, i look forward to sharing that with people and then yeah it's, it's interesting i i this this type of case that interests me next next time though i really do think it's, it's next time it's something which really i feel passionate about so hopefully it's probably going to be a longer episode but hopefully it'll be um It'd be worthwhile. Interesting. I'm intrigued. So let me wrap up then. So if you're safe for you to do so, I'd like you to relax, close your eyes, and picture the scene. It's a beautiful day outside. You're happy. You're walking down the street with a general feeling of optimism. But then you see someone who's looking perplexed, worried, and maybe upset. What do you think is on their mind? God. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'll be changing my uh, my face the next time something's playing on my mind. <laughs> Uh, so thank you all for listening to us and thank you all for carrying on listening to us we do appreciate it massively yeah thanks guys it's always good to record and it's always really good to know that we've got people out there listening they couldn't do it without you it is indeed okay bye all bye bye